0: I want to go right into week number two of Entrusted, and I want to start with a story. And it's the story of a guy named Charles Blondin, who was a French tightrope walker and acrobat. He was known for crossing the 1,100-foot Niagara Gorge on a tightrope. And uh, this is in the late 1800s, so it's a little bit of a grainy picture here, right? But... He would go, and he was known as the the Smithsonian Magazine, called him the Daredevil of Niagara. And he did all kinds of stunts and backwards and forwards. He would take cooking instruments with him and try to make a sandwich while he was walking. And he kind of extended the the Daredevil aspects of it. A, A U.S. president, President Fillmore, actually came to watch and observe him do this. And so his legend grew. And how I many know? Sometimes legends go beyond truth, and they extend. So I don't know how much of everything was true. I do know that he did go across Niagara Falls with a wheelbarrow. And uh, when he went across, he uh, he went all the way across and backwards. And when he came back to the the side, there was a whole crowd of people that were there, and they cheered for him, and then he said, do you believe I can go across with a person in the wheelbarrow, and the shout was, yes, we believe you can do that, and he says, who wants to jump in, (laughs) isn't there a difference between belief and trust? Do you believe I can carry a person across the wheelbarrow moves towards other questions in our life? Ultimately, the real trust leads to action. Jumping in, not standing back and observing, but actually taking that step. And When it comes to faith, there are so many promises of what God will do on the other side of trust. Today, I want to encourage everyone to step into the wheelbarrow and move toward the incredible peace that comes with trusting God. I want to go into the title of my message today is this The Foundation of Trust. The Foundation of t- Trust. Turn with me to Psalm 127, and you can find it also on our manual MN app. If you go in there and there's message notes for each of our locations, you can also go in there. And then if you type in your notes during the message, you can actually email yourself the notes at the end of the message. We've got all the text that's also in there. Psalm 127, one the NIV version says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. Now, unless the Lord builds the house, how many of you have heard that phrase before? Unless the Lord builds a house, this is where it comes from. The house refers here to everything from a family to careers to relationships to our businesses and the things that we're developing, it's our future. Unless the Lord is building who you are, your future house won't stand. It'll be in vain. Literally, everyone is living in the result of our house building, if you will, up until this moment. Whatever's been built, we're living in that. Our decisions, what we've walked through, how we've experienced life, whatever we're living in, our house currently, is the result of our past decisions. Training for our career, the decisions we've made with our finances, even how we handle our body and our eating habits. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands here, but we resemble what we eat, right? There's a, there's a process to what we develop. And you know, God has everything to say about every part of our life. And if we let him be a part of it, it says, unless the Lord builds the house, it's in vain. The Lord is the architect, the designer, the contractor. If you let him be the contractor and the designer of your future, good things are on the other side. That means your house of the future requires trust in the Lord to build it, your marriage, your business, your everything. See, your foundation is trust in the Lord. Turn to the person next to you and say, your foundation is trust In the Lord. That's where it starts. That's where it comes. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with some of your heart. And what does it say? Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. If there is trust... Then we will seek the Lord and depend on his view of our life. And then we will, he will give us wisdom about our decisions as we build the future. We can grow in our trust. That means if you are, have a small amount of trust right now, you can grow in your trust in the Lord. It is something that will develop. And as you learn to trust him, he gives you more wisdom to make more decisions. How many have found that God is faithful and that he does help you? How many know that sometimes we ignore his wisdom? And when we ignore his wisdom, there are consequences. And when we don't trust in the Lord, we have anxiety about our house. When you feel responsible for everything, you worry about everything. What is it like to be around you when you are in a state of worry and anxiety? If I were to come in and interview those people that are closest to you. And I would say, what's it like to be around her? Oh, you don't want to be around her right now. (laughs) Isn't it something how our own internal world and how we trust affects our external world? environment, what we create. Some of us are wound so tight that we can't enjoy the loved ones that God has given us. Some people get really controlling. And when you control others, it's a sign that you are in anxiety and fear, unable to trust others, unable to trust God. Some don't trust because trust has been broken earlier on in your story. We live in a world of trust issues. I tried that, they hurt me. Even in ourselves, I tried, I failed. There's a difference between practicing or trusting Christians and non-practicing or trusting Christians. Non-practicing Christians acknowledge that there is a God and may have even asked Jesus for forgiveness, but they haven't really participated in trusting what the Bible says. They believe, but they live without his input. I call that random versus discipline trust. I'll trust him once in a while when I need him, but it's not really all in. I haven't jumped in the wheelbarrow. Some view it from an on-demand perspective, where they, they pick and choose which parts of what God's wisdom they like, and they take that, and they reject the rest. Some know that there's more to becoming a disciple of Jesus, and they really want it, but I'm not sure. Standing on the edge. This week in the Bible in one year, Uh, App. How many are going through Bible in one year? In one way or another, you're reading the Bible every day. For me, I'm. I listen to Nikki Gumbel every day, and he'll read the Word. And he shared an illustration from a writer, a a writer uh, named Bernard Levin, who uh, was perhaps the most influential Times columnist of the 20th century. And he described his experience of trying to decide about the Christian faith this way. He said, people such as me who hover on the edge of the swimming pool simultaneously longing and fearing to jump. I like that language. I want to go in the water, but I'm afraid of going in the water, but I want to go in the water. And sometimes when it comes to the things of God, that's how we approach his promises. I want what God has for me, but I don't know if I want I don't know what it'll cost me. I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know you fill in the blanks. And then there are practicing or trusting Christians who are not perfect, but choose to trust and jump in. Jesus replied in John chapter 14, verse 23, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will not, what? Obey me. So how can we build our foundation of trust in the Lord? That foundation is really important, right? In order for the house to withstand storms and all the obstacles of time that come in, it's got to be built right. So how can your foundation of trust be strengthened? Sometimes we gotta go all the way back to the beginning. Maybe we've built a whole bunch of parts of our life and we need to go back to the beginning and just trust God. Well, one of the action steps for trusting God with the whole is the principle of the tithe. Now, I'm going to call this a principle because this isn't the only thing talked about in Scripture. And anytime tithe is mentioned in religious circles, there is an automatic tightening of the body limbs. Ooh, they're going to talk about money in church. Listen, today, I'll just tell you this. Nobody talked about these kind of things more than Jesus did, by the way. But my point here today is not your money. It's about your ability to trust God. And there was a, 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 a practice instituted early on that would actually help us stay in a place where we trust in God. In Genesis chapter 14, all the way before the law was ever given, and this is Abram coming across a guy named Melchizedek. Genesis 14, it says, and Melchizedek, the king of Salem, and a priest of God, most high, brought Abram some bread and wine. Melchizedek blessed Abram with this blessing. Blessed be Abram by God most high, creator of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high, who has defeated your enemies for you. Then Abraham gave Melchizedek a tenth of all the goods he had recovered. Now, this, is, this is long. Some of you are like, well, this, that, that's the Old Testament stuff. This is before the law. And this is a principle of acknowledging who the owner is. And listen, by the way, Hebrews picks this up later on, that Jesus is a priest in the order of Melchizedek. So it's front of the book, and it's at the back of the book of the Bible. And in that is a principle that is for us. A tithe is real simple. It's a tenth or a decimal point, a specific portion, no matter what the total is. It's just a tenth. It's a decimal point. And when the law is instituted, expectation was for followers of Yahweh to acknowledge the Lord as they built their house. The principle was that God would protect and cover everything, the whole that they have, when they continue to trust him with 10%. The Deuteronomy at Leviticus aspects of the law. You'll see it throughout it. And there were different ways to give. It was an agrarian culture. They could give parts of their, their, uh, produce from their crops. They could give parts of what they raised in the animals. So it wasn't just a monetary thing. It was a part of whatever their resources were. And when Israel stopped trusting God with the tithe, there were warnings and a blessing if they would change because it was important for people to recognize that God owned it all. And when they stopped, bad things happen. In Malachi, the very last book of the Old Testament, God speaks to the people of Israel who had stopped tithing. And he says this in Malachi chapter three, verse six, I am the Lord and I do not change. That is why you descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now return to me. Everybody said, return to me. Now return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. But you ask, how can we return when we've never gone away? Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Now he gives this warning, you've disobeyed, but return to me, and I'll return to you. What does return mean? Especially if you think you're already with him. Especially if you think you already have the blessing. He's saying, return to me. And God says, you aren't trusting me with the tithe. You're trusting yourself with it. You aren't trusting me. You might believe in me, but you're not trusting me. So what's the big deal here? God doesn't need money. He doesn't need our money. The church doesn't need your money. That's not, that's not the point of it. The big deal is that the special trust between God and his people goes right to the heart. Right in there. And in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus himself talks about this subject. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for who? Yourselves, Treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your what heart will be also. What is Jesus talking about here? He's saying, if you say with your words, with your verbal worship, with your songs, I trust in you. I trust in God. My Savior, the one who will never fail. If you sing those songs, but you are not trusting him on, on another level, then are you truly trusting him? Because there's a part of your heart that you're keeping to yourself. There's a part of the dimension of your heart. Wherever your treasure is, there's your heart. If your heart, if the treasure is being restricted, removed, withheld from God, then part of your heart is being removed from him. You say, well, that's uh, that's not, well, what do you mean? Don't talk about this stuff, pastor. (laughs) I just want you to see that scripturally speaking, God does address things, but it's about the heart. When we keep God out of our finances, we keep him out of our heart. Israel refusing to tithe equals separating their trust from God. And then their hearts left the cover of his care. Now, you may say, that's Old Testament. Jesus removed the need for the tithe. Not really. He just says that there's more to care about than just the tithe. In fact, in Luke chapter 11, look what Jesus says here. Argue with him on this one. What sorrow awaits for you Pharisees, he's talking back to them, For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore justice and the love of God. You should tithe. Everybody said that out loud. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. In other words, Jesus says, yes, you should tithe. You should. But the entire principle is about your heart. If your heart is really trusting God, you will also care about what the kingdom values, like justice and loving people. But listen, you won't care about justice and loving people with God's love and God's justice if you're withholding that part of your heart from him. It's all connected. And by the way, in Acts, the New Testament church up the ante beyond 10%, and they gave everything for each other. So the qualifications of the church, even as you move through the New Testament, where if you're going to be a spiritual leader, then you need to be one who gives and tithes and doesn't withhold. And for a little footnote, if you want to see how that can go wrong, just look at the story of Ananias and Sapphira in Acts. But I want to bring you back to the promise that God gives when our hearts are trusting God with the tithe. Go back to Malachi chapter three. He said, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, everybody said, if you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the heavens, windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. He says, I'm going to pour out a blessing on you. And I'm not saying it's a financial blessing. Churches in history have gotten in trouble when they preach something that, that isn't fully God's heart if they just say, you give to get. That's not what God is talking about here talks about the crops and the other parts of your life being fruitful and protected and cared for. Those crops are resources, and, uh, and they, they are protected from the insects and the disease. Other versions say, from the devourer. How many don't want the devourer taking the stuff in your life, the people in your life, So God says, just try it. So they're in a place where they aren't doing it, and God says back to Israel, just try it. And this is all I would say to you. I'm not going to push the issue to say, listen, you can be saved and not tithe, okay? I'm not saying it's an issue of going to heaven or hell, okay? I am saying this. If you want to keep following Jesus, it is an issue of discipleship that if you want to have, give God more and more access to your heart and let him build whatever your f- future looks like, then you're going to need to allow him into this part of your story. And then there's this blessing, and the tithe brings something in that is super powerful. In fact, I have a, an umbrella up here. And... Uh, Happens to be an Emmanuel one. How about that? I want to give you an illustration of of what exactly is going on here. So when God says, listen, I just want you to give me a tithe. It'd be like that little green part of the umbrella. Right? One part of the whole. Okay? Just give one part. And then you'll get the whole to cover you. Just give me one part. And you get the hole to cover you. That's all I'm asking for. And I'll protect the whole. Another way of looking at is, is, is to say, if, if this is God's protection right here, and God's protection is, is, over, uh, 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 is available to us, then do I want my whole life, my family, everything that I do, do I want my business, do I want it underneath here? Or do I want the pressure to be on me to cover Who's covering all those things? Is it the Lord or is it you? And that's literally what he's saying in this, in this spot. Let it, let it cover every part of, of your life. Why not? You're like, well, I don't know why, but this is one area, Pastor David, that's really hard for me to talk about. And we all got our stories. Reasons why. How our family of origin, how we handled money and, 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 and how we think about money in the culture. and Can we trust institutions and, and government and all that stuff with our money? There's plenty of distrust going around. And I would just say, remove yourself from the institutional issue and, and make it about you and God. And I will tell you, there is something powerful that can be released in your story when you have other things going on in your life. Early on in our story, Jody and I have shared before that that we decided that we were going to have kids earlier than we thought, or at least allow God to bring them in whenever. And, uh, And then we have four and six and a half years. And I can tell you when she decided, she came up from prayer time uh, and after a service one Sunday night, she came up and said, I I feel like God wants us to wants me to quit my job. And I'm like, quit my quit your job. That's half cutting our income in half. What do you mean? And it was during that time that we had to go, okay, do we trust our our place we were getting our paycheck as our provider? as Jehovah Jireh, or is Jehovah Jireh our provider? We had to figure out how to walk through this, and if God is leading us to take that step of faith, he'll give us the wisdom of how to make it work. And I'm just telling you, after we took that step and we kept tithing, which we, now we had less to tithe, but it was still a percentage, just still 10%. We had less to tithe from, and we had less tithe to give. But God took care of everything else. And as our kids were growing, our kids went through all kinds. You know how it is, like one kid gets strep throat, then it goes to the next kid one week, and the next kid a week after that, and the week after that. And then you're going back and forth with co How many know about that? And you're dealing with the financial questions. In the middle of it, you can start worrying, how am I going to hold my family together? And while that's going on, you have decisions to make. Do we still trust in God to be our provider? Do we want to keep our family underneath the umbrella? Or do we feel like we could just do it better on our own? And as our prayers went up, I remember there was a time when, when our son Jeff was in a place where he, he, uh, his, his throat was closing. He had croup and, 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 and uh and he could hardly breathe and we called the ambulance and I went with Jeff down to the hospital and we're there and there's tons of kids that also had that same issue. And the, the hospital was overwhelmed and I'm holding my son and he's hard, uh, having a hard time breathing and, and I'm praying. In that moment, I was like, Lord, you have access to every part of my life. I'm withholding nothing from you. Would you take care of my son? Let me tell you, part of my faith in that moment comes from other parts of my life. When I'm living and he has access to everything, including my finances, then when I live in that way, I give him Permission to cover the whole, including my children, including our things, including what I can't control. And it's as if I took the umbrella with me into the hospital and God was covering over my son. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? See, it's so much more than just an issue of, of money and all. Of, it's really an issue of how, we, how we, How are we going to build our house? How are we going to build our business? How are we going to build the things that God wants to do in the future? We're going to do it his way. By the way, uh, statistically speaking, on a given weekend, uh, around 50% of our church is single. And you might be sitting here going, you don't understand. I don't have anybody else's income helping me. I think the principle is the exact same thing. You have a house. I'm not talking about physical house here. And unless the Lord builds your house, you're doing what you're doing now in vain. You've got to bring it all underneath and trust. The principle is portable. I'm not saying this is for Emmanuel only. I'm just saying wherever you move, wherever you go, you don't trust Emmanuel, you don't trust a given place, I get it. But still, you got to have that heart relationship with God. Now, I believe that it should come to the local church. And if you are planted in Emmanuel, we talk about this in growth track, then you should should let your giving be at Emmanuel. This is where God is blessing you. This is the house, the incubator for your your growth. And I'll just say this for those of you that are somewhat skeptical. (laughs) Because there's just a few of us, right? Uh, We have built the systems in our, our church governance So that there is transparency and that there is accountability with money. That we are to be good stewards of God's people's money as we do God's work at the church. Amen? So everything from salary views to to how we do audits every single year to every other part, to lay people who serve on our actual board, people who are not on staff, are on our board looking at our finances every single month. We're doing our our work to make sure it's trustworthy. And not just for you, but because God's looking at us. I want him to trust us with more. And this is what's so cool. Church, I'm so pumped because I see God doing a work in you. As God has worked in you, our giving has gone up. That doesn't mean our salaries have gone up. That means more money's gone to ministry. Now we've gone from one location to four locations as a church. God is blessing. And with each step, as we test the Lord, our faith in him and our trust in him grows. I would love to see that happen for you and your family. For God to help you continue to grow in generosity. And you listen, when you have it and you're underneath the umbrella, now that becomes your basis. Your foundation is trust. Now you can have the joy of going above and beyond that without worry. Now you can give through kingdom builders and you can do other things because you know, listen, God's got this within responsible thinking, by the way. This is not the lottery. This is not like, well, God will figure out I'm going to write a million dollar check today and I don't have a million dollars in my checking account. I'm just going to trust God that he's going to fill it. That's not what I'm talking about. You need to be responsible. You need to be a good steward of your checkbook. You need to make sure you handle his resources correctly. And part of that is making sure he comes first. The principle is portable. And you'll take it wherever you go in life. It's the foundation for your trusting in God. Then you get the joy of trusting in challenge because you know he's with you. Would you stand with me on each of our locations? We already took the offering. (laughs) So that's not what the point is today for our church service. I want you to think about your heart. Lord, the scripture says that the eyes of the Lord search to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for people that he can show himself strong on behalf of them. He wants to build you up, strengthen you. Don't let there be any part of your life that's not connected to the covering of God. Amen? And uh, if you would right now, just close your eyes across all of our locations. Whether you're in Elk River or Lakeville or Maple Grove or Spring Lake Park, right now I just ask you to just in a sense drop your guard open up your heart before God. And even just not just believe in Him, but trust Him. I don't know, you know, I talked about one specific principle in the tithe today, but there's so many other things. Learning to cast your cares on the Lord, for he cares for you, and the worries of life and the things that you're going through, whatever that is in your hands. In fact, just put your hands out like you're just open before God. I'm just open before you, God, the challenges and the worries I don't want to be a controlling person. I don't want to be one full of anxiety. I want the freedom that comes from you, God. I want everything you have for me. Lord, I trust in you. I trust in you. I ask that you would have your way in my life. Would you, Lord, have your way in my family and the things that we do? And Lord, help me to grow. Help me to test you in it. When I do take a step of faith, Lord, I know you'll come through, but I'm going to take you up on your challenge. I'm going I'm to trust in you more than I have in the past and believe that you're going to be with me. Lord, I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.